This is episode 16 of Coffee and Tea with Dustin and Abby. I'm Dustin Detzer. I'm a personal trainer. I have a group fitness class called 4B30 out at Four Barrel Fitness on Mount Tabor Road. Uh, It's a high-intensity class, five days a week, although two days of those, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, are low-intensity recovery flow days. Um, I also have a group training class here at Inner Spring Yoga at the Kula Center, where we are today, uh, on Market Street in New Albany, Indiana. It's called Inner Spring Yoga PE. Uh, It's for all levels. It's designed as a strength and conditioning uh, class for people who primarily practice yoga as their movement practice. And if you're interested in that, go to Innerspring's website and go to the shop tab and scroll down and you'll see some pink dumbbells and you can purchase that there. Um, Abby L. Newton, my co-host, is not here today. She wasn't feeling great, so she decided to stay home and uh, practice some self-care, although I'm pretty sure she was uh, disappointed because she really wanted to be here drinking tea with the boys today. (laughs) And I'm sitting down with Dr. Travis Clegg. Um, you can go to his website at drclegg.com. That's C-L-E-G-G.com. And he has a great uh, uh, blog on there if you go to resources. He's got some really interesting uh, information. So how are you doing today, Dr. Clegg? Great, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, thanks for uh, sitting down and doing this. I imagine you're a pretty busy guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, uh, as we were talking before, I've listened to I don't know how many hours of podcasts, so I'm excited uh, to finally record one personally. So thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I met you out at Four Barrel um, at the holiday party, and we got to chatting about you had injured your pec. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it's been about nine weeks ago. Um, I was doing some bench press at Four Barrel, and on my last set, uh, completely ruptured my pec tendon off of the humerus bone. So um, that's kind of been my uh, uh, experience with injury here of late and just um, had surgery about a week after the injury and just kind of been recovering since, but things are going well. Awesome. And I noticed on your website, you had uh, developed a rapid recovery protocol for is it this type of stuff or is it mostly for hips and knee replacements or does it work with the the pec recovery as well yeah so i've you know i've sort of developed that over the course of my career and then when it came time to really uh you know face the other side of the the curtain and have surgery i put a pen to paper basically because i thought you know, people ask me this all the time, let's write it out. And so I think it works well for any type of surgical recovery okay. protocol, really, because what you're doing with that protocol is we're saying, okay, the body's fantastic at healing anyway, but there are definitely certain environments we can create that augment the recovery rate, um, that minimize things like scar tissue and pain after surgery. And I think you know, sadly, those aren't talked about a lot. You know, most doctors, it's not something we're really taught in medical school per se. Um, and so I think it's it's sort of a passion of mine and something that we've kind of worked on over the years to sort of help people, you know, get back to life quicker and to have better results with their surgery. That's fantastic. And how did you get into, were you just, um, well, how'd you get into, let's start at the beginning. Like, how'd you get into medicine? What made you, did you always want to be a doctor? So, 
I think I probably started saying I wanted to go to medical school sometime in high school. Um, you know, I wasn't really exposed to it a lot. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, I was pretty healthy growing up. Um, I didn't have anyone in the family who was a doctor, but I just, I knew, you know, I liked the science and health and primarily I just liked the way it feels to help people. Yeah. And I thought, you know, as you're growing up, you think of a doctor as this person who heals and helps people. And so, uh, I started saying that's what I wanted to do. And then as I got into college, I got exposed to it more and more and knew that it was just the right fit for me. Awesome. Did you grow up uh, in New Albany or in this area? So I grew up uh, as a kid in Jeffersonville. So yeah, just a few minutes from here, um, lived here and went to school here um, until high school. Then we moved about 30 minutes north in the Scott and went to Scottsburg High School. So basically I've grown up and been around here most of my life. Oh, it's a great area. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my late grandma used to always say there's nothing wrong with Southern Indiana. You know? Yeah. And I agree with her. I, I love this area. Um, and so you went to Hanover for undergrad? That's right. Yeah. And did yeah, you I s- went to Hanover. Um, and there, I sort of, not the typical course, most pre-meds go in to either biology or chemistry or organic chemistry. And I kind of knew, I, I knew where I wanted to end up, but... I also knew that getting there, those weren't the classes that got me excited. I was more interested in exercise physiology and biomechanics. And so that was what I studied there. Okay. Um, And then from there, went on to medical school at Indiana. Awesome. Awesome. Did you play uh, sports at Hanover? I did. So I I played basketball, kind of played a little bit of everything growing up, and then uh, played sports uh, through high school and then basketball. Uh, for a few years at Hanover, and then I actually uh, had an ankle injury that was going to sideline me for a year, and that was kind of the end of my competitive basketball career, but, you know, still enjoy it. Yeah, nice. Um, and then so went to medical school at IU, and did you know you wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, or do how does that work? Do you pick a track, or...? Yeah, so the way it works in medical school, you know, some people have an idea going into it what they're going to do, but most people, honestly, I think over half end up changing. Um, Pretty early on, you decide, are you a person that likes procedures or not? And so that kind of splits it 50-50. And I knew just as soon as I got exposure, I can remember the first time I was able to scrub into a surgery, like that was it for me. I mean, I went home, it was just on a cloud the whole day and so um, knew that I wanted to do procedures and orthopedics kind of fit with my outside interest of sports and exercise and so that was kind of what led me down that path. That's awesome. Um, So if I correct me if I'm wrong you do specialize kind of in hip and knee replacements? That's right so so my practice is probably 70% 70% or so hip and knee replacement. Okay. So I've kind of had specialty training in minimally invasive surgery with hip and knee replacement. And um, I do a lot of that. But then also do, you know, the rest is sports medicine. And then I have sort of a side passion in regenerative medicine, which you and I had kind of talked about. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And so by regenerative, regenerative medicine, you're talking about like PRP and that kind of thing? Yeah, so regenerative medicine, in my mind, is, again, it's how do we get the 
what can we do outside of surgery to get the body to heal or amplify the healing process? And so um, some of those techniques um, that I, I do a lot of are PRP, which is what that stands for is platelet-rich plasma. So that's where we take the patient's blood, put it in a centrifuge to concentrate out the platelets and healing factors, and then inject those wherever you know wherever there's an injury or arthritis, things like that. Um, and then you know another thing that we offer is in terms of regenerative medicine, we do a lot of placental matrix injections. Okay, which is very similar to a stem cell. It's a stem cell recruitment treatment is kind of the, okay. the FDA classification of that. Um, but basically the way that works, we have all over the country there's C-sections occurring. Well, that placenta that the child was developing in just gets thrown in the garbage. Okay, well, that's loaded with stem cells and healing factors that that are probably the body's richest source. And so we've developed protocols where they treat those tissues and allow us to then use them safely, you know, to get somebody to heal quicker, um, to heal something that otherwise might result in surgery, um, things like that. And those are done just in the office. So that's fantastic. So these procedures might be an option rather than getting surgery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's, it depends on the, the condition and what the injury is, but I think a lot of times you hear, Oh, I've got a labral tear, for example, that's a common shoulder injury in athletes. And I would probably say on those injuries, I'm surgically fixing maybe 25% of those now or before I was probably doing more like 75, 80% requiring okay. surgery. And so I think there's certain injuries that are very amenable to either putting off surgery, you know, years down the road or preventing it altogether and getting the body to heal. So that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's, that's incredible that that many surgeries can be avoided or put down the road years just with these uh, techniques and procedures. And you practice that medicine right here uh, in New Albany on State Street? I do. Okay. Yeah. So our, our practice right now is um, at 2108 State Street. Um, and that's where we've got ultrasound and x-ray in the office. So I will do a lot of those procedures just right there in the office using ultrasound or x-ray to guide the procedure. Um, and really it takes very little time, you know, to get something that when you weigh that against the, the amount of time involved in, you know, undergoing surgery for something, it's, it's, you know, no comparison. It's just, you know, it's like anything you've got, you've got a set of tools. You've got to make sure you're using them for the right, right thing. Right. That's fantastic. So if someone is in a position where they're, you know, they're thinking about having surgery, they're, they're having these arthritis problems or a joint issue, um, do they need to be like referred to you or can they just contact your office and set up an appointment or do you have, do they have to have another doctor or specialist refer them to you? Yeah, so we don't require referrals. Okay. Um, I think that's sort of, we kind of got away from that anymore because with the, you know, the internet and the availability of knowledge, a lot of people are educating themselves and, um, you know, we were kind of talking earlier to the cost. So people aren't, you know, they don't want to go. They know, all right, I know what, I need to go see a specialist. It's 
my shoulder. I know what I did. I don't want to have another bill to go see maybe somebody just so they can turn around and send me. So we've kind of dropped that barrier. Um, and we do a lot of, you know, second opinions also for patients who like maybe someone said, Hey, you need surgery. Um, and, and a lot of times they come to see me and I say, you know what, I agree, but there's certainly times when I say, Hey, I think we could try this. And as long as, you know, the patient's understanding, yeah, this might not be a hundred percent chance that it keeps them from undergoing surgery, but if it's 50 or 75, you know, I know for me, you know, that's, that's worth giving it a go. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so you can, they can go on my website and request an appointment that way, or just call the office and, and come in and we, you know, I love having people come in and talk about the different options with them. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't know about these options because I talk to a lot of people uh, through, you know, training and working out and they're talking about issues that they have with different joints. And I'm like, have you heard of PRP or stem cells? And they're, they're, they're like maybe heard of it, but they're not sure how you even go about it. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really cool. You're sitting down and we're putting this out there. So, you know, people in the local community know about this, you know, that it's available and you can just go to your office and like talk to a doctor and, and see, you know, rather than again, have that huge worry. Cause I know I, I do that. You know, I, I have a shoulder issue that's been bothering me for over a year and I'm like, Oh man, you know, do, do I want to go to the hospital and then, you know, right. all these bills and it just starts piling up in your head and you're like, you know what? I can deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, yeah, no, I think, um, you know, that's one thing we've really tried to keep a focus on is I think you, a lot of people, you read about stem cell treatments or some of these things, and, and there's a lot of clinics and places, not not so much locally, but nationally that really take advantage, and it's thousands of dollars just to do a PRP injection, and so I think a lot of people just don't even think it's an option, and we've tried to keep costs as low as possible because a lot of the unfortunately regenerative stuff like this you know insurance doesn't cover but right. if you look at the out-of-pocket for an injection versus the out-of-pocket if you undergo surgery it's it's no comparison what is it yeah. approximately ballpark for like a prp treatment yeah so the prp treatments are right now we do those for 390 dollars um and if you look it up, we might be the cheapest. <laughs> and I don't know, that's not something you want to be necessarily the cheapest at. But for me, uh, I want to do it for a lot of people. So I know the more you do, the more I can say, you know, Dustin, I've had several patients like this with this problem. It just didn't seem to work for that. And the right. only way to do that is to do some uh, higher volume and to get more people able to afford it. And so we try to keep the cost low. Um, and then, you know, the, the placental treatments are a little more expensive, but not crazy. You know, it's not three or four thousand dollars like you hear in Florida and other markets where they're charging those those uh, what I think are pretty inflated pricing that keeps honestly keeps most people from even being an it being an option. Yeah, yeah. I was shocked, you know, like when we first met and I was talking to you at the holiday party about these things in my mind still until I we had that talk. I was in my mind, I was thinking this is stuff that like a few years ago, only pro athletes did. Right. And you'd hear about people like going to Germany to, you know, Mm -hmm. like I remember hearing like Peyton Manning went to Germany to get PRP in his neck. And I was like, whoa, you know, that must have cost, you know, no telling, you know, and now it's like, you're like, oh, I do this right here in New Albany. And I was like, no kidding. Yeah. And again, I think, I think a lot of doctors, 
and I hate to go back to that, but that's not a focus of our training in terms of regenerative medicine and staying on the, the forefront of what's currently available. And part of that is there's probably a lot of bias there, but the textbooks tend to lag behind the actual research and then the research lags behind what's actually being practiced. And so, um, unfortunately a lot of people don't end up offering it because they kind of stick with just what was taught in school. Um, and so, like you said, now, I mean, PRP has been, it's, I think it's mainstream in a lot of, you know, university and certainly pro sport settings. If you get an injury and we can, we have this tool that is going to very little risk and a huge chance that it prevents re-injury or gets you back playing sooner. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, commonplace now for them to use those. That's pretty awesome. Uh, what's what's kind of on the forefront now? Like, what's the new new stuff that's being played with? You know, I think there's there's a lot of different things, and some of it I think um, you know falls into that biohacking and that category. And I think a lot of athletes are you know really diving into that. Team pro sport teams are starting to realize like, wow, if we incorporate some of these things we're getting better results out of these multi-million dollar athletes so things like red light therapy um, use of sauna i think um, you know having it's probably the oldest uh, thing in the world is sleep you know they've got yeah. sleep coaches for these teams and people who help set up the sleep environment for the athletes and i think you know some of those fundamental things are starting to catch traction and the days of you know pro athletes staying out all night partying and things are probably going away to some degree because they're monitoring their sleep and all these other things and so um yeah i think some of it is are the things that aren't so sexy again like you know dialing in nutrition you know right. i think that's something you're you know for for some people you think well of course but i think a lot of people don't realize how much sleep and nutrition plays such a role in how the body feels whether it be if you're injured with an uh, acute injury or if you have arthritis how that manifests itself really plays out a lot depending on what you're doing you know with your yeah. with your anatomy and your system just the uh, the good old-fashioned fundamentals it's like get overlooked a lot um, what do you personally do for your uh, kind of fitness or movement practice and then your kind of recovery I don't know, sleep enhancing techniques, uh, just to, for yourself personally. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'll kind of run you through. I always think on those, uh, when I'm listening to a show, if somebody will say kind of what's a two or three minute, what's your day look like? And then I'll try to pick out the things that I think work really well for me. Um, so a normal day would be wake up at six in the morning or so. Um, that's just kind of when I like to get up a little bit before I have two young kids. Um, and so if I can be wake up a little bit before them, I get a little bit of me time. And so, um, protecting the morning and really making that a time to check a lot of boxes that are important to me, um, has been, uh, kind of a practice that I've grown into because I know, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like when I get home from work. It's kind of crazy. So, um, Typical morning it involves some type of movement practice, whether it be getting on right now. The Peloton's been my friend because I'm <laughs> in this recovery phase and not doing a ton of lifting. Um, I get in the sauna pretty much every day. You know, we're, we're 
made a commitment to to putting us on in when we moved down here and that's just been a game changer nice now do you do the like the infrared light sauna or is it a traditional sauna so we have just a traditional like pour the water on the rock okay. type sauna um i'll tell you i did that i went back and forth quite a bit but i think if you look at all the research that's coming out of finland where they just use these the traditional saunas i mean it's very impressive of the health benefits and so i wanted to kind of go with what had been studied the most and i think there's probably benefits to both um, but that's that's what we have nice nice yeah i have an irrational fear of those uh infrared light ones right i just feel like i'm being cooked yeah know? yeah I mean, there's there's no like <laughs> basis for it i just i like the traditional style more yeah i think you know for me that's what it came down to it's like man they've been doing this for thousands of years probably over there and the results are incredible i don't need <laughs> I don't want to push right. it and go a different route. So, yeah, so we... we um, and how do you use yeah. that? Do you use that, like, post-workout or just, like, in the evening? Or how how do you uh, kind of dose that? So I will do it uh, 20 minutes every morning, typically after a quick workout. Okay. Um, and then when I'm in there, it's big enough that I'll usually do a little bit of a workout towards the end of my sauna session. Okay. Um, and I'll try to do some mindfulness meditation breathing when i start it and um that's kind of my routine um my wife stephanie she'll use it a lot of times in the evenings sort of as a way to kind of wind down okay as well cool awesome have you noticed like have you, what was the difference have you noticed anything from before you used it to using it yeah so I think probably the thing i noticed the most which was probably maybe not why i was doing it but just my mood it's incredible how much and and I didn't die I kind of got into the research on it after the fact and there's been lots of studies that show your serotonin and these hormones that kind of control your mood really amplify when you're exposed to heat and so it just makes you feel happier and a little more energetic and it carries throughout the day I mean the days when I miss it I can just tell a little bit of a difference and so um that that's probably been the biggest thing and then i think it helps a lot with endurance you know i can do you know as i get busy with the kids and work my the volume of exercise for me has condensed so the amount of minutes i'm actually working out is much less but my op, you know total performance or my output hasn't gone down at all and probably improved some and oh, so wow. i think it really you know speaks to that you know, just challenging the system yeah. with the heat. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love the um, the heat exposure stuff. Uh, I don't, I rarely do it, but the uh, hot yoga, can, yeah. you get that high after. And I like my yoga to personally more traditional, like a traditional Hatha or Vinyasa class um, without the heat um, because I use it as more of a, a recovery or a working in practice, whereas... The hot yoga, particularly the Bikram, uh, 26 postures in an hour and a half is, for me, that's a workout. Yeah. I and mean, if you've ever done it, you're not like, <laughs> you know, you're not going in there and relaxing. It's, you're getting your butt kicked for an hour and a half. Uh, but you do, you have like, you feel high after. I mean, it's right. a noticeable effect of like, God, I feel you almost like euphoric. Uh, post and I think it's the heat I don't think it's anything magical about the postures or anything like that but it's hot and humid in there and you're sweating buckets Um, and feels great and even like out at four barrel and they have the 
doors opened in August and in Southern Indiana, you know, it's, you start sweating immediately. And of course I feel like my endurance dips a little in that environment, but the feeling post is just fantastic. Like I kind of look forward to it, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's, uh, you you come out of those feeling this this really euphoric high that you know I've done some hot yoga um, like you have kind of dabbled in it here locally and yeah. it's um, yeah get the same effect. Did you ever try traditional yoga? I have I have some not as much you know that kind of uh, has every year sort of falls on my list of like I know I need to do this and it's, it's about slowing down and um, you know the same I've been able to incorporate more of a mindfulness routine finally after saying I was going to for several years and so yoga is probably something you know especially after this recent injury that I know you know probably helps prevent injuries but also just to kind of the yin and yang you know you balance uh every workout doesn't have to be like a sweat (laughs) angel on the ground kind of like nauseous feeling and so um I, I think that's something probably as a type a person I've, I've not done enough of but. yeah yeah i've run into that a lot just talking to people at four barrel too where I'll, you know i'll bring it up and say you know have you ever tried traditional yoga and they're like no i do i'll do bikram and i'm like man you don't have to turn everything into crossfit you know right. <laughs> you're already you're already working out really hard like why don't you try the other side you know of just chilling out and, and holding the stretch and focusing on your breathing and just laying in stillness for five minutes you know yeah um yeah, I know a lot of benefit to it. <laughs> yeah, it's something we we've talked about uh, recently. My wife Stephanie, I'm sure she'll she's a big fan of yours and she'll listen. But you know, that's she's kind of trying to understand that because we get so into this idea that like even when you leave like CrossFit, if it didn't like wasn't painful enough, you're like, man, I don't know, I need I need to do something else. And it's <laughs> we. You and I said, Aaron, we know that's not the case. Like right. workouts really are supposed to make you feel better and uh, help you go about your day and in, in, in a better state. And so I think all of us need to kind of understand that it's a process and there's there's certainly a time for those really, really challenging workouts, but they definitely don't have to be the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Stephanie. Thanks for listening. I appreciate yeah. it. She told me she listens and she comes to 4B30 pretty regularly. And Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, though, too, because I was just talking to someone after class today, and my classes are only 30 minutes long, 10 minutes of which are mobility, warm-up, and balance, and then it's a 20-minute workout. And, you know, in 20 minutes, you can do all you really need to do. I mean, unless you're bodybuilding or you're going for pure strength where you're trying to take more, a lot more rest and build up to really heavy weights or get a ton of volume in if you're bodybuilding. 20 minutes is really all you need. And I was talking to this guy in the locker room today and about it. And I was trying to just kind of describe to him how the body is really just an adaptation machine, right? Everything's just a stimulus and then it adapts. And, you know, after that 20 minutes, I program that to be the only workout you need that day. And I like to use the analogy of if you're turning on a light switch, once you flip that switch, the light's on. If you sit there and jam that switch up on the on the wall over and over and over, the lights the, you're not doing it anymore, right? right? The light's already on. You're just hurting your hand. And you know, after you give the body that stimulus for, okay, we need to get stronger, we need to lose fat. Uh, you know, you give that stimulus to it with the with the the exercise. The light switch is on. Like it's it's already going to start adapting. You don't have to keep jamming the switch up. Yeah. You know, uh, I I wish I could tell more people that I I can't believe it. Sometimes people will do my class and uh, 
they'll stay for another one yeah. after. And I'm like, how are you doing that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I, I think I think a lot of times we do that, and then then we end up once you finally learn that you don't have to have that volume, you end up making gains because if your body doesn't ever have a chance to recover, you know, that's when the gains and the adaptation takes place. If you're just like you, the analogy you said, if you've got the switch on constantly, it, it never is right. going to improve. You're going to just kind of work yourself into the ground or into an injury. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, myself included have, have learned that the hard way, you know, um, I learned it when I used to just be obsessed with hypertrophy training where, you know, I would, you know, drink a pot of coffee, take some bitter orange extract, and then go hit chest for literally three hours, you know, and <laughs> yeah. then would just be cramping. And then my nervous system would eventually crash and I'd be super irritable and couldn't sleep. And the more I read on it, I'm like, oh, maybe I should actually train, <laughs> Yeah, you know, with a little bit of reasonableness. You know, it doesn't always have to be a Rocky montage every time you go to the yeah, gym. Right, you know, it's like right. counterproductive. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you hit on too the the nervous system. I think we, you know, if you talk to most folks about recovery, they think about, well, my legs were sore, but they're feeling better. But the nervous system has to recover as well. And those super intense, you know, hit training or super long runs, things like that, they they really zap the nervous system. And and if that doesn't recover. You know, it, it's it's not uh, not optimal to turn around and start jamming it again. Right, definitely. And that's, I mean, I love the protocol of doing an intense workout and then traditional Hatha yoga right after. Uh, and and yoga where you're holding a, a pose, a stretch for, you know, 60 to 120 seconds, focusing on your breathing, getting that parasympathetic stimulation, that rest and digest. And then... It, if you're going to eat food post-workout as well, it's going to enhance the absorption of the food and the nutrients. If you have that parasympathetic stimulation, you see a lot and hear a lot now about eating mindfully and you know, mm-hmm. chewing your food up and slowing down. Um, so it really kind of all kind of snowballs into a, a optimal effect. You know, the high intensity followed by the low intensity yoga. You're also stretching your muscles out after you just contracted them over and over and over and over we're going to lengthen them back out get back to homeostasis and then have your uh you know post-workout meals what i've I've found is the best kind of protocol for me and all that should only take you about an hour right you know what i mean the the warm-up the workout the yoga you know one hour if you're in the gym for more than an hour and you're not getting it all in i think that's where you got to kind of think about like you know, am I doing a little too much? Or am I right. kind of messing around a little too much in there? Uh, Talking yeah, between exactly. sets and stuff like that. Yeah. But, no, uh, I had kind of the same experience when I first started doing CrossFit. You know, I, I would do it and then I would just like immediately jump in my car like straight from the last rep. You know, I had to get to work. And I just kind of found, I was like, you just never unwound. And you're like, gosh, i am been here at the hospital for 30 minutes and I'm like, checking my pulse and like holy smokes like I'm, you're just still amped up from it and I think if you're you give yourself that that recovery like you said you bring the parasympathetic system back in you're going to feel so much better from your workout and I think a lot of times again it just isn't it doesn't get the attention that the the number of reps and all those things we focus on yeah 
Yeah, definitely. Do you track, do you use like an Oura Ring or a Whoop or anything like that to kind of track your biometrics? I do. So I use the Oura Ring primarily at night. Um, and I, I can't recommend that thing enough. I think um, I see you've got the same. Um, I'll tell you, so it's great at tracking sleep, which is kind of what it was originally for. And what I will tell you that surprised me, I, I, I got an aura ring because I was interested in this and I'm just a geek and like to track these things. But what I didn't anticipate was how much it would change my behavior. Okay, for me that, you know, if I have more than one glass of wine, my deep sleep goes to the toilet. And so I don't do it hardly ever anymore because of that. And I wasn't that I drank a ton, but I wouldn't have known that like just two glasses of wine with dinner is going to screw my sleep up. And to me, it's like, that's probably not worth it. And so it really can affect your behavior and I mean, I don't know, maybe it's me because I, I don't like to get some sleep score or readiness score that's like, uh, you didn't do, you didn't get your job done, but it just, it helps you, you know, it holds you accountable. Um, another thing we do, we, you can share that. So I've got friends that, um, you know, I kind of some that I'm helping out, but I, I will, they'll share their data with me. And so it's like, you know, someone else is going to see it. You're just going to perform a little better. And to say perform in the terms of sleep is something we wouldn't typically think of, but we need to yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And so, and then the readiness score, I think helps, you know, sometimes you're just like, yeah, man, maybe I ought to take it easy. Maybe yoga is better than, you know, pounding the pavement again today. And so I think, you know, getting some type of device that if you're going to be active or even if, if you're not a hard in, you know, in terms of your exercise, just monitoring your sleep and recovery is something that is just huge and it's not that expensive to do anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've had it for about a year and I noticed the same thing. Um, it really changed my behaviors, uh, eating a little bit before I go to bed. Um, you know, I, I realized because I I was doing pretty good about being in bed for eight hours but that doesn't mean you're sleeping for eight hours. Right. So then I started seeing, oh my God, I'm waking up over and over and over at night. And just noticing those things was, was huge for me. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't drank alcohol other than uh, kombucha, which is very low dose, um, since June of last year. Uh, but I went to New Orleans and did the, the CrossFit cert back in March. Okay. And, you know, was down there, you know, learning and doing CrossFit and Chad went with me. And then, you know, like our second to last night there, we're like, we are in New Orleans. Maybe we should, you know, let's go hit the town. And we, you know, we did Bourbon Street and Frenchman Street and drank whiskey and, you know, got hammered. And the next morning, looking at the data from the Oura Rings, I mean, you would have thought that somebody like poisoned us or something. I mean, we did. We poisoned ourselves. But it was, I mean, it was... HRV just completely tanked. Uh, the readiness just dropped through the bottom. I mean, it was just horrendous. Um, and that was really eye-opening. Yeah. No, I've, I've kind of seen the same thing. And like you, you hit on, you know, if I eat close to bed, there's like a set window where like if I eat, if I stop at two, two and a half hours before, no effect on sleep. If I eat, especially carbs, close to bedtime, it just your sleep just takes a hit, your body temperature goes up because it's still processing food and things. And so um, it helps you to kind of pay attention to those things. 
Yeah, and if anybody's interested in that, that's o u r a aura ring dot com, and it was you can if you search around the internet, you can usually find coupon codes to save about fifty dollars. Um, I think I saved fifteen. It was about three hundred dollars. They send you some uh, plastic rings to size, and you send that back, and then they send you the ring. And it's been mine's been really uh, reliable and really excellent. Um, and you know, I read uh, Dr. Andy Galpin's book Unplugged. Have you read that? I have not. Yeah, I'm um, and he recommends, you know, he's not a big fan of uh, tracking for activity unless you're like really new to physical activity or working out. And you just literally don't know, am I doing enough? And then after that point, he says, you know, it's better to go by feel. And the studies kind of show that mm-hmm. like they've studied runners with tracking them and just, you know, kind of stop when you feel this or whatever. And that the feeling was actually more uh, accurate. Um, but I think the O-ring is excellent because it is tracking, like you said, the recovery. Yeah. And that's something like I don't have a problem going hard or, or, or making myself go to the gym. But it is nice to have some objective data where I wake up where you're not playing this game of, you know, am I just kind of trying to – am I trying to get out of something here? Am I being lazy not wanting to do this? Or am I really do need to take a little bit of a, a rest day? And then you can say, oh, I need to take a rest day. And you can, you can be okay with that, you know. It won't, uh, it won't bother you, you know. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of my take. It's better to track that than, you know, you don't have to have some watch that tells you you just got a good workout in or whatever. I mean, I, th- I know a lot of people like that, but um, I'm, I'm with you. I think tracking your recovery is probably more important than tracking your steps or your heart rate during the workout and things like that. And uh, The body's pretty good at letting you know when, when it's had <laughs> enough if you just listen to it. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I always I see people constantly looking at their watches during a like a twenty minute high intensity kettlebell workout. I just want to be like, just focus on the movements. Yeah, and, you know, tell me at the end, do you did you feel like you got work right, right? You know right, what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's I think uh, just kind of being present and focusing on what you're doing and not what your readout's going to be or is probably probably the way to go. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about or promote or, or um, bring up on here? You know, I, I, I'm, I don't have anything particular that I want to bring up. Um, I do want to, you know, thank you again for having me on. And uh, on behalf of Stephanie and the community, you know, like uh, what you're doing in terms of promoting health and, um, you know, the, her, the 4B30 class is just, I mean, it's pretty awesome. So, like, Thanks for that. Well, thank you so much for sitting yeah. down. I really appreciate it. Um, and thanks uh, for everyone for listening. Um, what was I going to say? I had one more thing I was going to ask you. Oh, so if people do want to get a hold of you, what's the best way or, or to find you or find out more about you? Yeah, so the, the two best ways, probably one would be just to go online at drclegg.com or to call us. It's um, 812 945 five six three three um and you can call us and set up an appointment and uh happy to happy to connect yeah and i i, I want to say i love your blog on drclegg.com that's c-l-e-g-g uh if you go to the resources and the blog i just read an article about collagen that you wrote mm-hmm. um, i love that you have the science in there where you say the science kind of suggests this and then you also have the practical 
uh, kind of information about it and it's all very digestible and like applicable information where you're like this is about how much it costs a dose for this this is kind of what it's good for here's some links i think it's great i really I yeah and that. that's something i plan to kind of keep adding to it just gives me an outlet for you know for me that's sort of my passion is to to learn more about these alternative approaches and different things that can really help my patients and help people who want to get on there and so i, I think it's uh it's fun and I think it's an exciting time because we're, we are starting to see more and more things come out that can help, you know, just optimize the, the, the human uh, existence. So uh, I'll, I'll try to keep putting good stuff out there. Awesome. I appreciate it. And thank you again. Namaste. Namaste.